Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Uh, welcome back to Shum Chat, ladies and gentlemen. We have a very, very special guest today, uh, World Cup winner, our first female guest, Ms. Jessica McDonald. We are so honored to have her on. As you, as y'all can see, um, we were talking to her a little bit. You know, she has a great story, you know, so we hope y'all enjoy this uh, interview. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe. And, yeah, let's get right into it. All right, so I, I'm, I'm the one that's been content you, Tanner Chessman. I play for SC Dallas. Uh, this is Johan Gomez. He plays for Porto. And Portugal, he plays for Porto B's second team. And then uh, Judson Burns, he plays for SMU. He's, uh, he's uh, currently studying his education and trying to become a fresh soccer player as well. You are our first female guest, so congrats to that. Yeah. Shout we've out. Been, we've been trying yes. to get one on for a long time, and we finally got a, a, a very good one to get on. So we're, uh, we're happy to have you on. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Is this called the Chum Chat? Yes, yes <laughs> okay, y'all got to tell me the story behind Chum. What's Chum? So basically, we, we all play for FC Dallas' Academy. And yeah. uh, we went to, we traveled to California and we all roomed together. And we started a group chat after. And I called it, the, I changed the name to Chums because uh, Chums is like a group of best friends. So I changed it to Chums. And then um, one day we were just on FaceTime and we were like, yo, we should start a podcast. And we were like, we're kind of joking. And then it, we were like, no, nah, like, that would be sick. And then we were like, what would we call it? And then uh, Judson was like, chum chat. And then we're like, all right, chum chat. And then, dope. so that's how, that's how it, kind of how it came down. But uh, dope. okay. So I'm like, this is a very different name for a podcast. I've, I've been part of a lot of podcasts this year. <laughs> this is the most interesting name that, you know, I've been on. So thank that's you. We like appreciate it. You know, we're not like other podcasts. We, we don't like to, we're like other podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think I want to start off with a, with a question just to break the ice a little bit. Um, I'm not sure if you um, are aware, but um, Jess, you, um, you're obviously on the women's national team. Did you play when uh, a couple times FC Dallas Academy has played against the women's national team? Were you involved in any of those games or, or no? <laughs> no? No. All right. So you have no responsibility in taking None. that 5-0 zero. loss? Yeah. Okay. Zero. All right. Well, yeah, I just wanted to say uh, me and Judson, we played in the one that kind of like went viral, I guess. But um, – no, it was a good. It was a good time. It, it was a good game. But I didn't know if uh, I don't remember really any of the players there except for like Carly Lloyd. But um, yeah, I didn't know if you were a part of that. So just wanted to break the ice a little bit and say. Yeah, you know, that was definitely a very historical defeat. We um, just as a collective for the national team, we all get heat from that still, still to this day. Like people mention yeah. that. Like you know, we post something, it'll be like a practice photo like oh great to be back at training and then someone's like well what about that fc dallas u15 team if you're the best team in the world like blah 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 and i'm like i wasn't even there but yeah cool that was good for them <laughs> so yeah. taking way out of out of context too a lot no, of it's times, great but... no it's I, hey i'd brag you know if i if i was on that team you know i'd be like yeah we we, we beat them so it's just funny like for me to obviously receive that heat it's just it's funny so, uh, Jessica, I guess we kind of want to start not really from the beginning, but kind of from where everything started to, you know, blow up for you. Uh, UNC. So me and Tan actually visited UNC um, when we were taking our college visits. We were there together. And what we noticed in the new facilities is just how many championships the women's soccer team had. It was just, it was just amazing, honestly. Um, made men's soccer look lame. Uh, 
But um, so you won a national championship there, led the team in assists with only playing like 75% of the game or something. So what was that like um, being part of that team and winning a championship there? Oh, man, it was it was historical, of course. Um, you know, for me as an individual, I wanted to be part of a dynasty. And obviously, we lived up to that expectation when I was here. And obviously, the experience of playing in the NCAA National Championship, you know, that's kind of what you're there for. And to be a part of that and be a part of something special with a great group of women and playing under such a spectacular coach, you know, Anson Dorrance going down is one of the best coaches probably in the world, you know, with his winning streak um, for the whole program. And, um, you know, it was obviously a dream come true. And it was my dream school. So to represent being a Tar Heel at the national level and in college, I mean, it really doesn't get any better than that. Wow. I didn't, I didn't know that was your dream school. Cause I, I saw you went to, to Phoenix college and, and you played soccer, basketball and did track as well. But uh, I didn't know that uh, the Tarles was your dream school, but when you were at uh, Phoenix, um, you're doing all three of those sports and as well as uh, balancing your academics. How did you choose to, to take the path of soccer over basketball and track and, just what went through your mind in making that decision to transfer to UNC? Yeah, so my primary sport growing up was basketball. And that's the reason why I wanted to go to UNC initially was because Michael Jordan. You know, I, I grew up um, during that era of him being in his prime. I grew up watching him. And so obviously, why not want to follow in the same footsteps as, you know, the person that you admire? And so... Um, I was getting recruited by UNC when I was in high school. Um, I had some life-changing events happen um, my junior year in high school, and my grades dropped. SAT scores were trash. Um, I don't know how it is now for high school kids with SATs and, and GPAs, but my SAT scores didn't match my GPA, which is how it was supposed to be back then, and um, ended up at JUCO because I knew – one, I knew the track coach that was there. And so it, it gave me a chance to kind of start my life over a little bit and, and refocus, put myself back on track and exactly where I wanted to be. You know, I had a goal and um, my goal was to obviously make it to UNC playing soccer. Soccer gave me so much more opportunity than basketball and track did. If, you know, you see my athletic resume, it looks great. But for soccer, it was the top for me. Playing club soccer, it brought me around the world. I was able, I was very privileged to play on youth national soccer teams. I played the Pan American Games at 18, 19 years old. So opportunities took me, you know, very far with soccer. So it was not a very hard choice to make to transfer from, you know, Phoenix College to UNC to obviously play for one of the best you know, women's teams in, in history. Yeah, and obviously, I mean, it worked out, <laughs> as we can see. But um, so we wanted to ask, you know, you've had a very, very successful career thus far. Um, and we know, you know, your son Jeremiah is a very crucial part of your life. But is there something that you feel that you still want to achieve in your career? I mean, you've won a championship with your club, won a World Cup, you know, you've, you've won a championship MVP as well. You know, is there anything else? Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to get my foot in the door for the Olympics. It was canceled this year. Um, 
you know, I, I worked my tail off to make the Olympic qualifying roster in January of this year, which I did. And, you know, that was one of my best achievements in my career. And so, I mean, making the Olympic team and, and winning it would definitely be cherry on top, you know, with, with my career. And um, not just that, but I go down as like, you know, one of the original moms in the NWSL. You know, there is like one point on where I was like the only mom. And then now there's only six or seven of us right now. And so I just want to just continue to set a good example for those who want to become a mom or for those who are moms and want to be a professional athlete and know that, you know, the grind for both jobs as a parent and as a professional athlete is it's very possible. And I just want to be that and continue to be that walking testament to just show obviously it's hard and some days suck, but it, you know, it's just worth it in the end as long as you're doing what you love. Yeah. That's, I, I think you're a huge inspiration for a lot of moms around the world, just the way you, you carry yourself and, and how you treat your son and how you show him the right way. And um, what I peeped is he comes on the field after every game, which is something really special. I think that's, that's really cool. I wish I could do that um, with my family and, and things like that. But obviously Corona is kind of a tough situation right now. But um, I peeped that um, every, every game you wear uh, an undergarment or a shirt that uh, says Jesus paid it all. Yeah. And uh, you, you mentioned you wear that because of the injury you had in the beginning of your career that took 18 months to recover from, which is, which is tough for any athlete. Um, could you just walk us through what that means to you, uh, Jesus paid it all? Yeah, so it's a little bit part of my testimony. Um, so when you're in college, you are, you're pretty much looking for yourself. You know, you're like, who am I? Like, what is my purpose? What am I here for? Like, am I really going to major in this? Oh, I need to change my major because now I want to do this. You know, we change our minds a lot. But bottom line is you're, you're trying to really truly find your character. And so when I was at UNC, um, you know, I was able to seek a little bit of faith. And so I started to surround myself with my teammates who are very strong in their faith, joined AIA and, you know, just different programs in regards to trying to build a relationship with Christ. And so, and this is like the very beginning for me. I don't really know much, you know, and I'm just trying to understand at that age. And so my senior year, I had an acquaintance, like we were barely friends, you guys. And we always hung out with like the same group of friends. She played on the women's lacrosse team. So one day she texts me and um, she asked me, she's like, hey, do you want to go to worship with me? And I'm like, absolutely, you know, and so she invited me to worship that night and in the middle of worship, she, she stopped me in my tracks a little bit. And so she sits me down and, you know, she starts asking me a lot of these personal questions, which completely blew my mind because these are very personal questions in regards to my life that I never even spoke about to anybody. And so I'm emotional, you know, and she, she's telling me these things and then she starts to draw on this, this sheet of paper. She's like, she starts to draw this, this crack in the road. And she's like, this symbolizes hardship that's about to happen in your life. Like God's telling me like some, something crucial is about to happen in your life. And I'm like, Oh dear God, like what, you know? And um, then she starts to draw a flower out of the crack of the road. And she's like, this symbolizes something beautiful that's going to come out of your recovery from this hardship. And y'all I'm, I'm losing my mind at this point. Cause this is when, you know, my faith starts to really like feel real. 
it, it hit me a little bit this evening. And so fast forward, I get drafted to Chicago Red Stars in the WPS. I'm 22 years old. In August of 2010, um, I get my first start. Um, man, I'm pumped. I'm juiced. You know, you're a rookie. You get your first start at the professional level. And so, man, I'm, I'm juiced. And so um, within minutes, fully rupture my patellar tendon, which is way worse than ACL, way worse. It's supposed to be a two-year recovery. Surgeons gave me one in 10 chance of like playing at a high level again. I'm supposed to lose speed. I'm supposed to lose agility. I'm supposed to lose all of these strengths of mine as an athlete and so here I am thinking I'm retiring at the age of 22 so this is that crack in the road and then um, throughout my recovery my good friend Casey Nagara she started to make the undergarments that I that I wear the Jesus paid it all and she did all types of you know different wordings for different undergarments and so um, she gave me one and, you know, I held on to it and I hadn't worn it because, you know, I'm no longer an athlete. I'm in the middle of my recovery at this time. And um, I end up pregnant with my son. You know, I, I have him two years later after after I blow my knee. And, you know, that's that flower that came out of the crack in the road. So, you know, something harsh and something beautiful came out of that. And so dabbled into training again and felt good felt fine and then i had this opportunity to to go and play overseas just for a couple of months and ran with it of course i took that opportunity and i'm like okay well let's just see how it goes you know if my knee can't can't stand it then i tried at least we know like this is real and i need to accept the fact that you know i'm done and so um that was when i started to wear my undergarment this is when i really started to rely on my faith because going through my recovery with my knee, that's the crack in the road, pregnant with my son, the flower. That's when my faith really started to hit. She literally told me every event that was going to happen in the future, which oh, I have goosebumps right now. And so that just let me further know how much, you know, God is like truly real. He, he really is. If she spoke those words and then it really happened, man, you know, it, it doesn't get any better than that. And so ever since every single game, ever since I, I had my son and ever since, or after my knee surgery, I've worn it or I brought it to every game. Not every game I was allowed to wear it because you guys know with soccer, um, you know, your, your tights have to be the same color as your yeah. shorts or if any of it's showing, they'll make you take it off. So um, it comes up like close to my neck. And so um, whenever I play with the national team, you can see it um, just on my neck. So they make me take it off, not because of the message, but just because they can see it. it's not part of the uniform. But I do have it at, I've had it at every single game ever since for the past eight, eight and a half years, almost nine years now. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a crazy story. Just, just even that you still get goosebumps from it is, I mean, that's crazy that the work that God does. I mean, that's, I mean, you can't write stuff like that. So. Yeah. I mean, I know um, us here, all three of us are very, you know, serious in our faith as well. I mean, I make sure I haven't suffered anything like uh, your injury, but. Uh, as an athlete, you know, I know how important health is. So I always make sure every day after training or whatever, I just thank God that I'm healthy. Most important things, you know, it's it's something that you overlook a lot of times, but something that's so important. And uh, just hearing that story, I mean, Tan said you're a, you're an inspiration to, you know, moms everywhere. But I think you're just an inspiration in general, you know, as as a person, especially as an athlete. And actually, I have a a 12 year old sister who's starting to take uh, soccer a little bit more seriously. And when I told her I was interviewing you, she wanted me to ask you a question. So I'm just going to get out of the way. 
she uh she wanted to know what it's like playing in front of so many people and if you get nervous or if you ever get used to it um you definitely get used to it i or at least i do i I get used to playing in front of big crowds that's what kind of gives me momentum a little bit you know you don't want to be in front of a a silent crowd you you want to be in front of a loud crowd whether they're for you or against you either way you know that kind of lights the fire a little bit you know and and brings somewhat of a a positive momentum um as in regards to being nervous yeah i get nervous every single game um no matter what level it is it could be a scrimmage against a u15 boys team you know (laughs) I, I get just as nervous before every game. And then by the time I get my first touch out of the way, get my first pass and I complete it, I'm like, okay, I'm at, back at the office again. You know, same thing I do every day. I'm good now. So I'm able to kind of take a deep breath and, you know, kind of go go with the groove of the game. Yeah, especially playing a lot of uh, a lot of people is – it can be tough when you're in a hostile environment and, and it's not your home fans. But um, I want to talk about celebrations women's celebrations. Um, a lot of times you see females, uh, they'll score a goal and they'll put their hands straight up and they'll just hug the person next to them, the closest person. Even if that person had no involvement in the play whatsoever, it's like they'll give them a hug, which I just never have understood. But you're one of the players that I think doesn't do that very often. I think you celebrate with a lot of passion and you run to the corner and, and you do the sturridge and you have a little bit more flair. So you could, could you just walk us through what goes to your head when you score a goal and, um, just a, just the environment that you create when you score a goal. Just, just walk us through those emotions. Yeah, it's like like you said, sometimes we do just hug each other because a lot of my goals, you know, I just kind of turn and hug a teammate because for me, celebrating a goal, it, it takes a lot of energy. <laughs> it really does. But, like, when it's, when it's like a playoff game or if it's like a rivalry game, oh, I'm, I'm celebrating every goal. You know what I mean? So yeah. um, I feel as if, my adrenaline's a little more amplified, you know, in those moments because it's like a big game or, you know, the importance of it is, you know, kind of up there. And so um, I just, I really like to have fun, you know, at the end of the day. Yeah, most of the time I'll hug my teammates, but, you know, when it's really like crunch time playoffs or like a big game, oh, I'm, I'm celebrating the heck out of a goal. You know what I mean? Because it's, it's, it's a huge accomplishment, you know, why not celebrate it? And so... Um, that's kind of the spark that I try and bring to the women's game. It's like, it's okay to celebrate because I feel as female athletes, we try and humble, like we humble ourselves. We do a lot, you know, and that's why we just hug each other. It's like, okay, this is freaking awesome. You know, I get to hug my teammates and celebrate. Um, But also at the end of the day, it is very tiring to celebrate a goal, but you know, those important games, you know, I'm all for, for celebration. Yeah. Right on. I, I, I can, uh, I can definitely great. relate to that as a striker myself. You know, sometimes you just don't know what to do, but you're just so happy. You get that little burst of adrenaline and you just be running. Yeah, and that's it. <laughs> yeah. But it's tough. You know, y'all are both nines and y'all have a bunch of games. We all scored three goals and it's like the third one, you know, I just don't really want to celebrate, you know. Yeah. Um, you like ran out of ideas by that point. You know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, for me, it's like I score a goal. I have to celebrate as a as a defensive midfielder. I have to, I have to go nuts. So, but uh just a little bit different, I guess, with positions. Okay, so I think, unfortunately, we lost Judson. Uh, he's str- struggling a bit with his Wi-Fi, but I'll go ahead and ask a question he was about to ask. So here, our motto is kind of like, we try to define success. You know, we interview a lot of professional athletes. Um, but, you know, we want to know, how do you define success? You're someone who, you know, in a lot of people's eyes, you have achieved it. But do you personally think you've achieved it? And then how would you define it? 
And if you haven't achieved it, what do you have to do to achieve it? Um, I think I definitely achieved it. I mean, I've met, I've won a World Cup and three four championships. You know, I, I would say at this point in my career that I've definitely succeeded and I'm, I'm grateful for it. But when I define success, you know, I put the word failure in there as well. I have failed so many times. I've had so many setbacks, adversity, you know, leading me into where I am today. So at the end of the day, there is no success without failure. It's, it's pretty much impossible. Everybody loses. Everybody fails at some point. You know, you lose a soccer game. But, hey, at the end of the day, your team can still win the national championship. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there's, like, tiny setbacks within that regard. So um, that's definitely one way that – actually, a few ways where, you know, I, I define success because people are like, oh, my gosh, like, you're lucky, like you're so successful, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, man, like, you don't know my story. You don't know what I've gone through to get here. You know, there has been ups and there's been a hell of a lot of downs too at the same time. And so I, I want to tell people that I, I want to be realistic. Not all the time you're going to succeed. Not all the time you're going to be perfect. You're going to make mistakes. It's, it's how you come out of those mistakes. It's how you come out of those losses, those failures is what's truly going to define your character. And that's how you succeed. I think that's one of the best answers we had yet because no one's ever incorporated failure into their answer of success. So that's really well said. But um, I kind of want to talk about, you talk about success. Um, you've had a lot of successful years. You've won national championships. You've won the World Cup. You've come in second in the Pan American Games. You've, you've gotten MVPs. You've gotten best 11s. But looking back on your career so far, what would you say is your best year yet and or most memorable year yet? most memorable most certainly be 2019 you know coming off of a world cup win and then at the pro level win another championship within a couple of months with my nc courage girls i mean 2019 will definitely go down in history books with within my career but i would definitely have to say my my best year career-wise is probably 2018 and that's how um, I guess my journey with the USA team kind of restarted. You know, I was, I was with the full team a handful of years ago, just for like a couple of months, you know, I got my chance and I didn't think I was going to make the team again. And then after the 2018 NWSL championship, you know, I was MVP of that game. And I feel like, you know, something kind of ignited in, inside of me. Um, I also went through, some, some heartache in 2018. I had some life-changing events happen then too. And sometimes, you know, you, you kind of need something negative to happen to you in order to turn it into something positive. You know, I, I mean, right, yeah. it, it can be anything, you know, something kind of harsh can happen in your life. And it's like, okay, dang, you know, you, you kind of hit the floor a little bit, but man, you pick yourself back up and then that kind of ignites something within you, or at least that's how it's been for me throughout my life. Um, I've been able to use soccer as a coping mechanism. And that's exactly what I did in 2018. And I think ever since, you know, my life has completely changed because I, I made the USA team, you know, my, my dream came true of just simply making the team and not only that, but making the world cup roster, it really doesn't get any better than that. And so 2018 is definitely what, what kind of ignited my career a little bit more than, you know, the years before that. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so you first got called to the national team around, was it 2016 or 2017? 
2016, the fall of 2016. Okay, yeah. so after the Olympics. So it was it was Jill, uh, and then she gave you your opportunity again, right? Yeah. So I recently watched. I don't know if you watched it yet, but on Netflix they just came out with a series called The Playbook, and it's about like certain coaches. And she has an episode on there, and I watched it, and I kind of got to know like how she coaches or whatever, and what her moments were like. Um, what 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 was she like to you, and what what was like? How did she impact? you I guess in in her coaching ways and and how did that feel knowing that she believed in you to to bring you back in and in, into the world cup squad yeah so shoot, man for me as an individual with this is my my own story and my own opinion she was very calm with me um I, I wasn't sure kind of what to expect like she was my youth national team coach you know here and there and I, I kind of dabbled into, you know, playing with her as, as her player a little bit when I was a teenager. But um, nowadays, it's, it's very rare where you get, you know, a one-on-one chance with the coach. You know, it, it doesn't happen very often. It's like, or at least with her, I guess it was kind of a rare thing. And my first camp, you know, she called me into her office, you know, just to speak with me to kind of see how I was doing. And she can definitely tell that I was nervous. And so she kind of had to remind me why I was there because, you know, I kind of let my nerves take over. I didn't want to, you know, you just like don't want to mess up, but you mess up. That was kind of like how my first couple of days were going. And, you know, she, she kind of had to remind me like, look, I brought you here for your strengths. I brought you here because of what you can bring to the table. I don't care about what other people can bring to the table, you know, in, in regards, I guess that came out wrong. Um, she is obviously worried about what other people bring to the table, but like for me as an individual, she's worried about, you know, just my strength and why I'm there, why she brought me there and why I deserve right. to be there. And I'm like, dang. Okay. Cause here I am like, Oh my gosh, like Tobin Heath, she just hit this like crazy volley. And now I'm nervous. Cause I'm trying to be perfect. You know, I want to hit the same volley, you know, I want to impress her, you know, in that kind of way, but that's not a strength of mine, you know, if, I, if I'm in a volley and I'm hitting as hard as I can, I mean, that thing's going to end up in the parking lot, you know, <laughs> like, it'll still be in orbit, you know what I mean, so, yeah, I, I, I'm not there to be, like, the other players, you know, it's kind of something what, like, she had to remind me about, like, this is why you're here, you know, your strengths, this is what you can do, so I, I need for you to do that, and I was like, okay, yeah, you're right, you're right, so, she was That's so true, that. yeah. Yeah, she was definitely like that, that calm, cool coach. And it's like, you don't need to make those mistakes. Those aren't your mistakes to be made. Like, these are the kind of mistakes you should be making. You know what I mean? So um, I was just overthinking. And so she just kind of had to remind me as to like, you know, why I was there. Yeah, yeah I feel like you put that perfectly. I mean, I've definitely yeah, felt that. Real. I've definitely felt that, but I didn't know how to put it into words. But you're right. I feel like when you worry more about like what other people are doing, you try to yeah. it, it just puts you like down more because it stresses you out. And it's like, no, no, no. Yeah, so, man. Yeah, and that's what's, that's what was happening with me, you know, because I'm looking at Carly Lloyd, I'm looking at Alex Morgan, you know, Kristen Press, Mallory Pugh, I'm like, oh my gosh, Megan Rapino. I'm like, yeah, I'm competing with these players, you know, so it, I was definitely nervous, that's for sure, and she could tell, I was definitely showing it, so, um, but yeah, she just had to remind me. So, I mean, you've done, I mean, only like the top 1.001% of the people in the world have done what you've done. I mean, you're up there with the greats, with the, with the group of women that will be remembered forever. You know, so I think you're the most qualified to be able to give advice. And so I would say, you know, what, what kind of advice do you want to share with the next generation of athletes? Not just women, but also, you know, men. I feel like any, any young, young athlete can, can learn from you. Yeah. Um, 
there's always going to be better. There's always going to like, there's always going to be someone bigger than you. There's always going to be someone faster. You know, there's always going to be someone tech, more technical, more, more anything. There's always going to be better out there. But what can't be, what they can't be better than you at is your mental competitiveness. And what I mean by that is, for example, it's 89th minute in a soccer game. Y'all are tied 0-0, semifinal. You know, it'll be PKs next. There's no overtime and you ain't trying to go to PKs. So what do you need to do in order to you know, get that goal to win? It's not the physical part. Obviously, the physical part is very important. But your legs are dead in the 89th minute. It's the mental part that's going to help you win games. That's going to set you apart from the other players that are on the field, whether they're teammates with you or not. Your mental competitiveness better be sharp and it'd be better than anybody else's out there if you want to be able to succeed. You need to be able to focus and your, your mental strength is just so important. And I, I know this is like kind of cliche to say, but like it really is mind over matter. You tell your mind you can do something, you can do that. Don't let nobody else take that away from you. You set your mind right. And if you want to win and you want to succeed, you know exactly what to do in order to do so. And that's to keep your mental competitiveness sharp. It, it better be better than everybody else's out there. If you, if you want to be one of the greatest and you want to make it at a high level, your mental competitiveness needs to stand out. It has to. I agree. I agree. I'm going to take that advice and uh, hopefully gonna, incorporate it tonight versus Nashville. <laughs> <laughs> actually you know talking about you know the mindset something that i learned from mj like you said you look up you look up to him um when i was watching the last dance it's something that has not left my mind since i watched that episode he was talking about something and you know he kind of has like that cockiness that swag and he was talking about a shot that he was going to take and then I'll, I'll always remember this quote he said uh, why would i worry about a shot i haven't taken yet because they were I, th- I guess they were asking him like how, how does he like not stress out how does he stay so cool and it's just like you know, it's such a good way to look at things, you know, like, why would you stress yourself out about something that you haven't done yet? You know, exactly. things, just conquer your mind and you'll be able to do it. So I couldn't agree more. Absolutely. Yeah, going to have to take that advice and use it tonight versus Nashville FC. Um, hopefully we can get the win. Um, Let's go. Yeah, hopefully Let's I can go. give this uh, message to the team and say, guys, we need to have that mentality to just be killers tonight. And then hopefully we can get the win. But um. No, that's all we have for you. We uh, hat trick incoming because of Jessica. Hey, hopefully, if I get a hat trick or if I score, it's all credit to you. All right. Yes, do the Daniel Sturridge. Yeah. All right, I will, I will, I will, I will, I will. No, but but that's it. I think it's been a great episode. Um, any more questions, Johan, or anything you have for us, Jess, or? No, that was it. I I thought I ended it with a bang with with our last. I I last think time. you did too. Yeah, but no um. Thank you for coming on. It was it's a real pleasure to interview someone with your high status and, and potential to, to still do great things. I don't think you're done yet. So um, y'all be on the lookout for Jess McDonald. She's going to do great things still and how it has done already. Um, or in the winning sure Olympics, like, I think. I think, I think, yeah, I think so. Gold medalist coming soon. You know, if, if we, we have this thing at Chum Chat, if you, if you go on to do great things, it's because of Chum Chat. We put you there. So um, if, you, if you win a <laughs> if you win an Olympic medal, it's because of Chum Chat. Um, I'll give y'all a shout out. <laughs> oh yes, that's we'll perfect, but, uh, <laughs> make sure y'all leave a like, subscribe, and uh, go find your success. Go find your success.
for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.